Welcome, friends. This is the Art of Aliveness podcast, and I'm your host, Chrissy Marie. It's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and connection. Let's dance. Hello, my friends. I'm back again. And it's the new year. I saw this funny meme about uh, how 2022 is like that boyfriend, that partner you've taken back for the third time because they tell you that they've changed. Um, That got a giggle out of me recently. I actually don't feel super fatalistic or nihilistic about this year at all. Um, This podcast is about how the new year does not necessarily spark um, big resolutions. Like, I don't do resolutions or goals at all. I have not in a while. And I want to share why I don't and and how people who I have identified or currently identify as high achievers uh, might look at that differently after this podcast and I pulled my community around what what do you guys want to hear me talk about next? And uh, true to synchronicity, um, I was asked to talk about goal setting, how to navigate goal setting for somebody who has a very heavy all or nothing bone in the body and what is actually attainable when it comes to goal setting. And so I'm going to dive into that, this podcast, but I just got another nudge to open up with a couple of shares, personal shares. And this is something I've been doing for a while now with friends, where it's just a lovely way of kind of setting a container and giving conversation some direction. And I don't remember who or where I got this particular format from. Otherwise, I would give them credit. But it's been so long. But the format is if I'm connecting with somebody else, and right now I'm connecting with you, so it's just going to be me sharing these prompts, you would each share things that are challenging for you and currently, and then things that are insights, insights that you've had currently, and then celebrations. So I figured it'd be nice to kind of welcome you into my space. Um, I probably will do a life update podcast at some point, but today we're just going to jam out on quick little quick little shares and then why I do not set goals (laughs) so challenges lately (sighs) I didn't come prepped either so (laughs) I'm just gonna drop in for a moment and feel into things that have been challenging Uh, and if we do this really acutely I'm feeling a little tired today I set the intention to go for a run and I was really resisting uh everything all intentions that I set for this morning I was in heavy resistance to them I woke up from just some like whack dreams you know when you wake up and you're just like what was that and you have to recalibrate to this reality and it just takes a long time because your nervous system is still like hopping off the crazy train that's how I started my day so that's probably my most acute challenge. Insights have a lot to do with this podcast, which for me, in the wake of experiencing resistance to doing my energy practices and 
um, all of that. It was this revisitation, this knowing of what's the tiniest, the next tiniest step that you can take in the spirit of your aliveness. And that it, once you take that step, you start to immediately shift your energy. So for me, uh, it, was, it was talking to myself in the mirror this morning. And um, I met this part of me that tends to, to visit <laughs> quite often, which is this part of me that believes that if I don't feel like doing something, especially when it comes to energy work, if I, if I can't get into the uh, frequency that I desire, which could be benevolence or allowing or, or anything um, of, a higher, of a higher order, of a higher frequency, then it just kind of cancels out. It just kind of cancels out the, uh, the activity. And so why bother doing it? And I, I did a whole podcast on this actually a while back called, um, I think it was called The Art of Devotion. And I talk a lot about how I navigate that part of me when it shows up. But it was just interesting to see that part of me showing up again this morning. Um, and how strong it is, you know, that, that part of me that it's it's my... <laughs> I'm I'm not really somebody who's like pins puts myself in in a box based on my astrology but I do like I like to joke about it because I am a double cancer moon and rising and the stereotype there is like we're very feelings oriented and just very <laughs> just kind of move with the feeling and um my Capricorn son is very pragmatic and practical and, and really loves goal setting and loves to you know just do things for the sake of checking them off the list but my cancer is like but we don't feel like it so why bother so it was just interesting to watch that pattern play out. I still haven't done my energy work, but I'm I'm celebrating myself for having that conversation with myself and getting a little bit closer to the root of what's there. Um, something else I've been enjoying doing, and this is also a celebration, is um, asking myself, what am I longing for? And just airing out my longings and naming my longings. And what that does is it brings me closer to... Um, getting yeah, getting to the root of the avoidance patterns um, and, and what I'm seeking, what I'm craving. And that's been really a beautiful practice for myself. And I'm also celebrating that my course, my mini course, Spacious, that I launched last month, I set a very arbitrary goal because I'm not a goal setter, but I thought, oh, it'd be nice to sell 20 courses. And just yesterday I exceeded that um, with very minimal organic marketing so that feels really lovely and I feel really clear that this offering is an essential offering that it's that it's the core the root of a lot of my medicine packaged into a really digestible mini course and so I'm celebrating that uh, seeing that being um, gaining energy in the world around me and people engaging in in the energy of spaciousness and playing with that it's really really beautiful uh, I'm also and lastly celebrating that I'm back in Alabama, which I never thought would come out of my mouth. <laughs> I love being in the sun. I I've, I am sure now that I am a summer, spring, fall gal. And I just winter is lovely for like a day and then I'm over it. So I'm very happy to be in the warmer weather of the south and back in my very spacious backyard sitting in the sun <laughs> which I wouldn't be doing if I was in Rhode Island so that those are my current challenges insights and celebrations and without further ado why 
resolutions don't work for me and what I do instead. So if you've been following me on the podcast, you know that I have a history of overachieving, but also this all or nothing persona that um, it's the part of me that sets a lofty goal. And then like the second I don't feel like stepping up to doing the thing I said I was going to do or the second I um, renege on on my word, I throw the goal out and I'm like, gosh, well, I just suck. I'm going to have to do this, start this over or not bother with it at all. And I have this one memory from childhood that really sticks out above the rest because this is this is a chronic pattern of mine. When I was little, and I want to say like 10, 11, 12 maybe, I would set these goals of of having like the perfect week. And I don't even remember all of the measurements that I all of the the qualifiers that would that would afford me this perfect week. But they had something to do with like making my bed every day and and eating decently or to the to the point that I would be so anal pun intended about taking my toilet paper and folding it a certain way and if I clumped if I like scrunched up my toilet paper to wipe my bum I if it fucked up my perfect week like all of a sudden it was not a perfect week because I didn't fold my toilet paper just so so that's just a small window into the intensity of my all or nothing persona and that toilet paper thing eventually went away because I realized how unsustainable that was but it still lingered in other ways and it was maybe in my mid-20s that I started to see this all or nothing persona for what she was which is a super ironic horizon line that I was never going to touch ever um, and was just severely keeping me from happiness <laughs> and to this day, goal setting, resolutions, things like that, uh, they trigger my all or nothing brain, my all or nothing persona. And and I tend to like when I see this, not just in me, but in others around me, that when we set a goal, um, there's this tendency to focus on on the bigness of the goal. And for many people, in my personal experience, that have identified as a high achiever, what's happening in the brain is that we have uh, wired our sense of purpose um, to, to product, to end results, and to praise, to product and praise. And so if you get triggered by goal setting or if you find you have an all or nothing persona, it's it's often because you've had a history or it's like a, this repetitive association of your purpose and your value and your identity being anchored into product and praise. And so, you know, naturally, and I've, I've mentioned this before, the brain um, tries to guide us towards activities that are going to get us praise in order to, to have us feel like we belong, we desire to belong, that's just wired and etched into our survival brain. So we move away from anything that <laughs> doesn't get us there fast and, and that means for many of us, uh, process. That process is not process mess, um, reconfiguration, quote unquote failure, all of that. If that's not connected to 
praise or product in our survival brain conditioning, then we can tend to become really all or nothing about goals and resolutions and things like that. And one of the things that I hear quite often from people that work with me or that resonate with me is that there's this tendency to associate growth with big wins, like with, with just like huge, big steps and, and investing in giant containers or, or quitting your job or like just doing like super scary, scary things that send your nervous system into states of activation, which isn't necessary in order to change. But (laughs) When we've only associated growth with these big dysregulating steps, um, then we actually miss and we bypass the the very real science of behavior change, which um, which has been shown over and over and over and over and over that growth happens in these tiny microscopic moments, these these tiny microscopic shifts that are made over and over and over again. And over the summer, I read this awesome book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And so some of what I'm going to be sharing today is from that book, which you can check out if you're feeling called to do a deeper journey on that. So, but I love the like my inner Capricorn, she loves the science. She's like, yes, tell me about studies. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about all these things. I love to just grapple with it and, and feel it, and, you know, feel it, watch it in my own reality. And... It was probably around the time of my mid-20s that I was doing a behavior change project for my master's program, and I learned about the the intricacy of behavior change and how difficult it actually can be and the nuances of that. And I, and you'll, I think if you've been following me, this is just, I am, a, I am a broken record on this, but I really do believe, I really do believe in the power of repetition and how often I need to hear things over and over and over again to be reminded of them. And how growth is a spiral, not a staircase. So we're constantly revisiting wisdom that we've heard before, knowledge we've heard before. And each time it just etches into our system a little bit deeper. So so I'm going to give my permission, myself permission to reiterate <laughs> forever. Uh, so, okay. So I, I mentioned just some of the basic like if this has been your conditioning if you were always praised for results and products it's very likely you have an all-or-nothing persona and so what what needs to shift and how do we shift one of the first things that um, is important to recognize is that we crave outcome-based goals because of the feelings that we imagine will arise when we achieve the goal. So everything we seek to attain in in the material world or in terms of interpersonal relationships is motivated by what we think we're going to feel when we have that experience. It's motivated by a desired feeling, a longing for, for a sensation. And quite often we move through the world thinking that once we have achieved the goal or had the experience, only then can we be and feel the, the way we desire to be and feel. And that's backwards. Um, because when we associate and when we focus on outcome-based goals primarily, what we're doing essentially is um, we're putting happiness off 
until the next milestone. We're putting fulfillment and spaciousness and peace off until the future. And we have this, there's this phenomenon called the hedonic treadmill, which basically just means that no matter how intense a life event is, we will adjust and return back to a baseline of happiness that is based on our genetics and our habits. That no matter what's happening, life circumstance, like in terms of life circumstances, we will come, which is often why you look at people with lots of money or people who've achieved goals that you've desired and they're not always the most happy, fulfilled people because it's not the external circumstance that determines their inner fulfillment. It is genetics and it's habits and it's the, it's the practices that they are practicing day in and day out. And so instead of throwing our fulfillment into this future-based goal, the first step to dancing with, with goals differently is to set identity-based goals instead of outcome-based goals. And an identity-based goal starts by asking ourselves, well, what am I desiring to feel in regards to my outcome-based goal? What kind of person would I, do I need to be in order to take actions that would move me in the direction of this goal? And how can I start practicing embodying that frequency today? How can I practice leaning into and developing a persona right? instead of the all or nothing persona? We have many, 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 many personas, by the way. <laughs> But how can I start nurturing and developing a persona that let's just take, for example, my course spacious. Let's say you want to be a more spacious person. The identity based goal would be to become a more spacious person. And then the next step would be to ask yourself, um, how does a spacious person or how does the spacious, most spacious version of me move throughout the world? Let's say your goal is to make a lot of money because you desire financial stability, right? And, and the feeling state is safety. Then the, the next question would be, okay, so if I felt safe, if I was a person who embodied safety, what would I be doing right now? Or how would I be relating to myself right now? And just starting to get curious about what that persona looks like and the reason why when we get to that goal or like that outcome-based goal and we don't feel the way we thought we would feel is because we haven't begun to train our system to embody the frequency that we thought we desired we think that the external circumstance is going to offer us that frequency and it might you know for a little bit of time and then the hedonic treadmill kicks in and because we've done nothing to build a body of evidence that we can hold the frequency we desire in our system, we just go back to our default setting. So some of the things that I've, I've played with embodying in terms of um, identity-based goals are uh, somebody who's capable of change. And not just capable, but somebody who gets off <laughs> on change. I'm like, ooh, if I was if I was playing with becoming somebody who gets off on change, 
what would I do today? Would I, would I walk, would I walk left instead of right? When I go outside to take my walk today, would I just try something new? Would I wear a pair of earrings that I haven't worn in a very long time? Would I maybe make eye contact with somebody at a coffee shop and smile because I haven't done that in a while? What would somebody who gets off on change do today? Another, another uh, identity that I like to play with is somebody with a sense of humor. You know, somebody who's charima- charismatic and funny. What would, what would that person do in this moment? Maybe they would like kind of crinkle their eyes and, and glance cheekily around the room and, and look for irony or contrast or things that made them giggle. Maybe they'd play with some silly faces or some more animated expression in conversation. Another persona and identity goal that I, I set for myself and that I play with is somebody who's becoming somebody who's committed to deep internal intimacy. What would that person do? Like this morning when I sat in front of the mirror, I was leaning into that identity. Somebody who's committed to connecting with themselves and insourcing validation and connection instead of outsourcing it. So it's important that we create a persona um, and get get really clear and every day just getting curious like oh okay well <laughs> because we don't know right if we haven't embodied this thing yet we don't necessarily have all of the the full picture of what it would look like to walk around the world embodying more spaciousness or more charisma or um, a deeper sense of safety and so this is an active, this is an act, a devotional act of curiosity, looking for it outside in the world, looking for people who are already embodying it. Ooh, how do they, how do they hold themselves in space? How do they, how do they walk around? What do they, how do they navigate challenge? And starting to play with that in your personal life. And I also did a podcast episode around developing a persona similar to this, uh, like an encourage, uh, an encouraging inner coach persona for me the archetype I was working with was my inner father or my inner masculine, but it it could be anything that relates to that sort of um, stable, supportive energy that you might be seeking. And the the podcast episode is called The Warrior and the Wonder Child. It's episode 40. If you want to check that out at another time, just pin it for later. Um, And so in in the book, Atomic Atomic Habits, he talks about the difference uh, in in two people who are offered a cigarette both don't smoke and the first person says no thanks i'm trying to quit and the other person says no thanks i'm not a smoker the second person was playing with embodying the identity goal if the goal is not to smoke somebody who doesn't smoke wouldn't say I'm trying to quit. They would say, I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker. And so just checking our language when we set a goal, an identity-based goal or a goal in general. Um, a lot, a lot of times we'll just say like, Oh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm so bad at finishing what I started. And what that does is it affirms our all or nothing persona. Or we'll, we'll say something like, um, I just can't stay focused or I just, I just hate commitment. I just, I just, I don't do commitment. (laughs) I've said this before. (laughs) And what it does is it just, it, it affirms the identity 
<laughs> you don't do commitment. And so instead, when we're playing with an identity goal or embodying a new persona, a new state of being, we want to we speak language that affirms that. And it might not feel super true to say, I finished everything I started, or because that just might be a blatant lie, right? But instead you could say, I'm becoming somebody who is their word, who finishes what they started. I'm becoming somebody who has strong focus in the things that affirm their aliveness. Or day by day, I become a stronger, more committed person. Day by day, I'm becoming more and more funny. And just starting to shift. So the other piece here that's important, and this is where more of the science kind of kicks in, is that a goal, whether it's outcome-oriented or identity-based, it really means nothing without a system that moves you in its direction. And the only system that works is repetition of small shifts. And this is where we, we... This is where like the rubber meets the road. And for those of us with all or nothing personas... If we're going to change our state of being and start to move away from that all or nothing persona and into the part of us that really loves process, it's so important that we commit to over and over and over again because that default program of all or nothing is going to want to derail this the entire way. Um, celebrating ourselves for taking really tiny, tiny steps in the direction of our new identity goal. And what this requires is for us to get into a practice of breaking our goals down and breaking our identity, especially with identity goals, like breaking them down to moment to moment. What would somebody who embodies X do right now? What would the next step be? For example, I talked to you in the beginning of the podcast about my resistance to doing the energy work that I've been practicing. If I was to ask myself the question, what would somebody who devotes herself to her commitments do right now? The tiniest step that I could do would be to go close my office door so that I have some privacy and like look at myself in the mirror. Because that begins the process of connecting to, okay, what's really here, Chrissy? Why are we not doing this? It wouldn't be to just sit down and do it. (laughs) Maybe it would. Maybe it would. That's not true. Maybe it would. On some days, maybe it would be like, okay, we're just going to do it. But today, what I needed was to have a conversation with myself. And so the tiniest step would be to have the conversation. Now, I have not yet done my energy practice. However, I have celebrated myself for having that conversation with myself. Like, yes, Chrissy, way to even open up the floor. Way to even start to excavate the resistance. Way to lean into the part of you that insources her validation and her connection. So for me, this is a continual practice of breaking things down to the tiniest steps. Like let's, let's use an outcome-based goal. Let's use just like a practical thing. Like some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing in my business today. <laughs> I have no idea. And sometimes I'll just sit in that unknown for a while and, it, and it'll really grind my gears. And, and when I catch myself and I get clear on like, okay, well, what's the tiniest thing I could do to move me in the direction of 
clarity, which is the identity state-based goal, clarity, it would be to take a pen and a piece of paper and to write out all of the things I could do for my business, things that I've been considering, and just make a list. (laughs) And then make another list of the things that I need to do or that I have take priority, like responding to clients, getting back to people. And then I break those things down even further into like how much time it might take me and like what are the tiny simple little steps? Well, I need to create a container to open up my computer and close all my other tabs and then open up this message and ground myself and read it and respond. And so then I just break it down and I get clear on, okay, these are the things that need to get done. And here's the one thing that feels most exciting for me to do today outside of the priorities and the necessary things. So breaking things down to the tiny steps and then every time I do a tiny step being like, look at you, oh my goodness, you're amazing. Look at you finishing things. Look at you leaning into process. Look at you having these difficult conversations. Not just when I check something off, but the conversation before the action is what I want to be celebrating. The conversation of me leaning into the difficulty, leaning into process. And every time I do that, I affirm the identity of a person who can finish what they started and lean into difficult things to experience fulfillment. (sighs) And there's a really great example in, in the book Atomic Habits where he talks about, imagine if you're flying from Los Angeles to New York and if a pilot leaves from LAX and adjusts their heading just uh, 3.5 degrees south just a a couple degrees which is like a couple feet of shifting the nose of the plane a couple feet you'll actually end up in Washington DC instead of New York and that small change is barely barely noticeable at takeoff but when you magnify it across time and space you end up hundreds of miles from where you were going and this is a beautiful example of what it means to just make a tiny, tiny shift in your attention and in your awareness when you're leaning towards an identity-based goal or any goal. What's the tiniest next step that would bring me closer to that? And another lovely example is the difference between ice and a puddle. The difference between ice, (laughs) solid mass of water and a puddle a complete state change is one degree. And that's often the case with us as humans. The difference between doing something we desire to do, leaning into our aliveness and avoiding it, is one tiny little moment, one tiny little choice point. And when we have been conditioned to put goals you know, first, the, the, end, the end result first, we forget to focus on the tiny little choice points. So I don't even cycle. <laughs> Again, I'm just gonna, like, I don't even, I don't even bother because I just know myself. I just know that that all or nothing persona is going to like kick in so heavily. And if I do need to do something, like I've signed up for courses where it's like, okay, Chrissy, you've got to build a funnel. Then I do the thing where I break it down to like the tiniest next steps and I schedule it in and I celebrate each time I do something. 
And I also focus on making it fun. There, I did another podcast um, called Connecting to the Wonder Child Without Substances, which I did shortly after quitting uh, drinking this year, last year. It's been a year now. And um, so check that one out because I go into deeper um, detail around that. It's also something I cover in spaciousness as well. Spaciousness. Spacious. The core is spacious. I talk about that. How to, how to create a, a sensory prescription list. Ways in which we can marry um, sensory stimulus that relaxes us with things that are a little bit more difficult to do to make them less difficult to do. So there's information in there as well. And, and that helps us rewire our, our pleasure pathways. When we start to, let's say we've got a, a, a goal, something we've got, something we just need to do, taxes, right? And we decide to put on maybe the sound of acoustic guitar in the background and light some incense and we create a beautiful sensory experience. We start to rewire and, and cre- collect a reference point for creating a pleasurable or even just a neutral experience around something that was priorly, priorly, is that a word? It is now. That was not pleasurable before. And then celebrating that. <laughs> you see, it just we just keep coming back to break it down to an even smaller step and then celebrate that you did the thing, that step. Which could literally be as simple as like, okay, somebody who's committed to her aliveness would take a really big breath. <laughs> Look at you. You just did that. <laughs> and another thing that is important for me personally is to bring levity to the all or nothing persona so that it doesn't feel so all encompassing. I've talked about this a lot. I, I call this shadow play. So instead of identifying with all or nothing, uh, shifting to I'm somebody who has a sense of humor about my all or nothing tendencies. They're not going anywhere. And I'm learning to laugh at them. And so for me, when, when I'm looking for comedy, when I'm looking for uh, the, the humor in the humanness that is me, I ask myself, what's ironic about this, this part of me? And um, for me, the, the biggest irony in, in my all or nothing persona is that she desires to be great out the gate. She, this, is, this is everything to her. It's everything. It's so important. She tries so hard. Um, and she's not great at anything because she won't stay with the process long enough to become a master. So she's like good enough or mediocre at a ton of things, but she's never great, great <laughs> at something. And I'm not saying that I'm not great at things. I am. I am. I've, I have learned to be with this process. I am just amazing now. I'm just, I've arrived. Um, but I think it's hilarious at this point, having seen that play out, that energy play out in my system over and over. This just like, it's gonna be perfect. And it's, and it's never fucking is, you know, it's like the dog chasing its tail. It's ridiculous. It's so funny. So 
I have asked myself, what is ironic about this part of me? Um, are there any characters in movies that remind me of this part of me? Or if I had to make up a character, what would it look like? What kind of animal would it be? Or, or a little monster would it be? And I just get cheeky and silly with it and I give it a voice. Um, for whatever reason, this is my all or nothing persona voice. It's gotta be perfect. And, and I play with that when I notice this energy coming up. So for me, what's important is, is to get really aware of how does my body feel and what behaviors do I engage in when all or nothing Alice is in the building so that I can catch it and start talking to myself. Um, this is also, this is also something that I share about in Spacious, which I'm, I am going to plug Spacious now for a moment because I do think it is phenomenal. Um, that particular course is essentially broken down into five to 10 minute videos. And each video is a lesson on something I called uh, embodied minimalism. So not minimalism for the sake of minimizing and not consuming. I don't believe a spacious life has no chaos and I don't believe a spacious life has no consumption. It has all of those things. It's just full of practices, intimacy, and items, physical items that spark aliveness and are in connection and alignment with intuition and spirit. So it's very full. A spacious life is very full. But how we get to that full life of meaning is by releasing patterns, uh, consumption patterns, physical patterns, and all sorts of other patterns that are mostly avoidance patterns. So this course teaches you how to connect to yourself and create spaciousness internally and externally in the most essential efficient ways because my inner Capricorn was like, we need to be efficient here. <laughs> so inside the course, you learn how to teach your nervous system to feel safe and on purpose with more space and with process, being in process with yourself. And I teach you some of the most potent ways uh, and exercises that I offer my private clients to have conversations with yourself because there are ways to talk to yourself and there are ways to really connect with yourself. And I show you those ways in this course. Um, there's also, ooh, I got a little fly on me. Shoe fly. There's also, there's also videos on how to use energy medicine to create space in your system. And all of this is about creating clarity so that you can hear the next aligned step, the next tiniest step. This is a big piece here, is if you can't, if you are so full of clutter internally and chaos that you can't hear your intuition, then your priority needs to be learning how to create space first. And before setting goals at all, <laughs> learn how to create a, a through line, a channel to an intuitive voice, a voice that feels nurturing. And so this is what Spacious offers is this is how we create space to create that through line so that you can hear that voice so that you know what needs to come next so that you know what you can just re release what is not essential. And there's a lot of um, little ways that I show you how to embark on play and use the energy of play playfulness to do this. So that course is 
available. Uh, it's under $100 and you can just go right to theartofaliveness.com slash courses and click on spacious to register. And what I found to be really beautiful is that people have been purchasing this course as a gift as well for people they know in their lives that could use more space. Ooh, something on my computer just finished loading. So that's an option too. Uh, if you're going to do that, just purchase the course using the email of the person you want to gift it to so that they receive it. And there's also an option to get a discounted private session with me if you would like some deeper support in getting closer and clearer to that inner wiser voice. And if this goal setting stuff really has you in a tizzy, please feel free to reach out and um, schedule something with me. I'm happy to, to walk you through through this in a deeper way. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I don't set goals. I do set intentions and identity-based um, intentions. I do just ask myself, what do I want to embody today? Who do I want to embody today? What would the person who like loves their business be doing today? What would the person who just gets off on being in relationship do today? Or how would they engage with their partner right now? What would a compassionate, curious, silly person do next? <laughs> and so just starting to ask yourself these identity-based questions and starting to map out, oh, Okay, yeah, this is what that looks like. And then when you do, because this will inevitably inevitably bring you closer and closer to the um, monetary, the material goals, the uh, social goals that you're, you're seeking or that you want to set, all of what this is doing is, is increasing your magnetism and it's increasing the likelihood that you are going to step outside of your comfort zone more and more, which is all required for you to attain external goals. And so I haven't set a ton of, like, <laughs> it's, I laugh at myself. I've done so many courses and they're always like, what's your, what's your three month plan or your six month plan? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have one. Um, I wait and listen for spirit to speak through me and I move in that direction. And I just keep doing that. And that's gotten me very far, to be honest. <laughs> I haven't quite enjoyed that process. Um, but it does make me a little bit of an outlier. But I've found that that's what works. And so try it on. Try it on. <laughs> Let me know how this, how this podcast is landing for you. Let me know what has sparked through listening to this conversation. If you do purchase the course Spacious, please, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can email me at theartofaliveness.com. Let me know how it's serving you and supporting you. Please share celebrations with me. You can also jump into the free Facebook group, which is The Art of Aliveness and invite yourself. I'll add you in so that you don't miss any of my personal content and also a chance to ask me questions or um, let me know what you'd like to hear in future podcast episodes. I'm also at uh, Come Alive with Chrissy on Instagram, so you can find me there. And then my website is theartofaliveness.com. And I think that's it for today, folks. That's what I've got. I trust you've received exactly what you've needed. I love you all. Thank you for being here. And until next time, play on. Play on.